So how'd you guys get your name? Oh, uh, so Ryan and I were, um, celebrating our two year dating anniversary and we had decided to start a band and, uh, we were down in Clarksdale, Mississippi at the shack up in, in the Delta. And, uh, they had a piano there and we were just kind of messing around playing music all night. And, uh, we, the idea dawned on us to go ahead and try to do, do the damn thing. And on the way home, we were kind of tossing around band names and we kept saying, we want something that's gritty, you know, really has the punk rock vibe to it just when you hear it, but, um, still has like a feminine kind of sexy flair. And originally I wanted to name the band Sex Stains, but he said no. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I dig the name and I always have to say the reason why is because, which is cool that her grandparents are very involved in her life and her grandpa, which actually, you know, he actually likes me, you know, <laughs> Vietnam vet, uh, Cajun, all that. And I was like, I just, I don't know if he's going to dig that name, you know, like, let's try to think of something that's close to that because, you know, he's already going to be like, what's the 16 shit? You know, like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, so it's like I, lipstick on a collar type thing or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm ironically not wearing lipstick right now, but um, usually that's kind of my go-to makeup look. And again, the first couple years Ryan and I were together, uh, we like to make out a lot in public and I would get lipstick all over him. And so it was kind of fitting. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of alcohol was still involved. Yeah. And (laughs) like when I worked at different restaurants, people would always joke about like, I know which cup is yours because it would always have the one with the lipstick on the room, the bright red lipstick. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of been my thing. And so it's just got a lot of different nuances with, with the name, but at the same time, you know, just kind of, paints the picture of what you're signing up for when you agree to listen to us. <laughs> so how long have you guys been around for? Uh, our, I mean, it's close to four years when we started the idea. And um, yeah, we, what, what we originally did um, was with, you know, once we decided that we were going to make music together is um, I'm, I'm predominantly a drummer and I had a project that I was playing guitar with beforehand, but I ended that and I was thinking about just doing you know, studio shit, just going in and just recording my own stuff and just, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I already had some stuff written and, you know, she dug it and, you know, we started jamming on it with her doing vocals and we just went and decided with our friend Shelby to record a three song EP. I just did the music. She did the vocals. So that way we had something to show people like, this is kind of the style that we're going to be doing. If you're interested, instead of just like having a bunch of different people coming over and see if they like what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So we could just kind of cut that process out and try to get things moving as quickly as possible. And it worked, you know, we found members, uh, you know, bass player and a drummer pretty quickly. Um, and so yeah, that was June of 2018 when wow. we when we yeah. decided to start a band together, um, and when we came up with the name. So exactly four years. How is it working together as a couple? Do y'all fight? <laughs> no, because it's good answer. No, uh, <laughs> no, uh, no. We we really don't because like it's it's a different 
thing when when we're you know playing music writing music or practicing and playing the shows like you know we're still obviously a couple but Mm -hmm. you know when we're working on music we're focusing on the music and before we even you know like when we started we both came to agreement where it's just like you know if we disagree on something musically, like we have to understand that it's just constructive criticism mm. and it has nothing to do with our relationship. We're yeah. just trying to do what? the best that we can make for, each other better. Yeah. 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 I'd say for the most part, we've us being a couple, if anything has been um, helpful towards success. Cause we both kind of have that shared drive and also just, being in the same house so we practice together more and we can jam on stuff more easily um there are you know times every once in a while of course if like i bring something to the table and ryan's not a huge fan of it sometimes i can get my feelings hurt because i just get my feelings hurt easily in general but of course because him being my husband it's easy to let that cross that line but like he said for the most part we're really good about remembering like this is kind of like a business we need to respect it like that and you know when it comes time to actually do in the work we're we're business partners and then, yes and then at the end of the day then we're not business partners but were, did you have any projects before <laughs> um i did mainly solo singer songwriter stuff okay. um throughout my teens and early 20s and then i kind of stopped for a while because i was going to college and working two jobs and just super super busy and i I didn't really want to do the singer-songwriter thing anymore. Uh, I'm not very passionate about playing guitar, so I really just wanted to sing and can't really do that without an instrument. Mm-hmm. So, um, And I tried to kind of put together like folky singer-songwriter bands, and it just never, never worked, and it just never really felt right. And I never really considered playing in a heavier band just because I didn't think that that was my calling. Um, But what happened the day before we decided to start the band was um, speaking of other projects, he's been in several other bands and I'll let him tell more about that. But he was, he was playing uh, Meddlesome Brewery with one of his other bands at the time. And I was uh, drumming for Shame Finger at the time. And the bill was us walking on landmines. And then um, the big news, a ska band out of uh, Oklahoma, and with Walking on Landmines, they were going to go on first, and their style of punk rock hardcore, um, it's like songs that are 10 seconds to maybe a minute. Mm-hmm. And their vocalist wasn't there, and we realized that like about a half hour before they were going on, we're like, you know, where, where are they at? You know, like, and oh, we're just going to play an instrumental set. And so we were kind of joking around, uh, telling her just to go up there and improv some shit. And at first it was just, you know, just a joke, giving her shit. And it was like, just no, like, I only do fun, folky stuff. This isn't isn't me. But, you know, it's just like, you know, with living together, it's just like you improv shit all the time to where, like, I think it's like an actual song that I don't know. It's like, hey, what was that? That was catchy. I want to look that up. It's like, oh, it's just bullshit. So it's just like, look, it's like that, but it's just kind of angry. Just think about what pisses you off and all that and just scream about some shit. And we were still drinking then. So I was like, let's chug a beer right before you go on. And we, we actually talked her into doing it. And... She absolutely killed it. And, you know, the majority of the crowd that, you know, first time seeing Walking on Landmines thought that was the band and all that. And that was a huge reason on why, you know, on our, you know, when we went down to Clarksdale, you know, what really gave her the idea of like, hey, those songs you've been working on instead of doing it as a studio project, like, 
I'll be the front person, you know, I'll sing, I'll bring the energy, all of that. And then we'll put a band together. And yeah. It's like, fuck it. Let's try. So there's just this adrenaline you get from performing heavy music. That's nothing like being sweet little folky songs. Not that there's anything wrong with the sweet folky songs. It's fun to do every once in a while, but Oh, I crave that adrenaline rush and that just like so much you can let out. Like, I feel like I just beat up a punching bag 20 million times in a row after getting done performing a lip 16 set, especially now that we've just evolved and my energy is just skyrocketed through the roof. But, but for Ryan, he, I'll let him tell you guys about his backstory. It's much more interesting and elaborate. I kind of just <laughs> fell into this. He actually <laughs> put in the work to get here. <laughs> uh, well, I started playing drums when I was 11, 12 and um, started, um, you know, playing out when I was uh, 15, 16, uh, down at the Daisy and all that uh, with playing drums. And I was just in numerous bands uh, playing drums. And um, one band that I was in, we wanted to uh, do a side project and, you know, just have it just like a snotty, you know, punk man. And I was just like, I've always wanted to learn how to play guitar. And every documentary I've seen, you know, from like 80s hardcore and stuff like that, like every guitar. So it's like, oh, you just learn three chords and everything's cool because it's, you know, it's punk. It's stripped down. Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up playing uh, guitar. I had a falling out with that band and all of that and, you know, started my own thing. And, um, you know, I, I went to Florida for a little bit and moved back and, you know, ended up drumming for a few other bands, Shamefinger, and DB Digress, General Labor. Um, but, you know, the main thing is like once we started Lip Six Stains, that has definitely been, you know, the main thing. And now this is all that I'm doing and, you know, putting all my, you know, focus and energy in this. So it is kind of funny that I started out at a very young age, you know, playing drums and I know that instrument a lot more and then, you know, decided, oh, yeah, I'll just, you know, play guitar and see what happens. And so far with this band, it's kind of seen the most success so far, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, so. he's like so much well known as a drummer that people who haven't seen Lipstick Stains play sometimes just assume he is our drummer. And it's like, no, he's he's our guitarist. He writes all the sweet riffs and all the meat and the bread and potatoes. Do and any of the other bands ask you to sit in as a drummer for them ever? Um, no, I haven't been been asked in a second just because I think you they know, know. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they know, know now. Just like <laughs> they're not going to deal know. with her. <laughs> yeah. Well, if she okay's it, then sure, you know. But uh, yeah, I got to check and see. Now, but, yeah. he used to get asked a lot, but I think the more people see that. I mean, everyone knows Lip Sixteens is our baby, and they see how busy we are with this. That I think they know now that it's just yeah. Before lockdown happened, you know, it was Lip Sixteens and two other bands, and I was drumming for those bands, and I had a lot of fun doing it. You know, I was just playing music all the time. You know, practicing, playing shows, and I was very fortunate for everything that I was doing. But when lockdown happened, after about a week or two. And I actually got to sit down and relax. It was just like, oh, this is what this feels like. And yeah. I kind of want to dial it back because I did not realize just how exhausted I was and, you know, just kind of wanted to put my time and energy in just one project. And, you know, especially with other bands that are wanting to, you know, do more and go on the road as well and, and stuff like that. It's just, you know, it's really hard to try to keep up. And I just felt like it was going to be unfair because... For me, Lip Six Stains is always going to come first. So, you know, I just kind of backed out 
and you know everyone was understanding about it yeah you know did you guys do like any live performances on facebook live or anything like that what during the pandemic uh we did one just her and i we just like learned a few covers and it just felt weird because it was like that's what everyone's doing and it was just like but we, we did a few live streams for you know at the high tone um at black lodge for the the telethon that they put together to help um raise money and then there was another Exora, like, Exora the, that's right. They, they don't exist anymore, but it was a shop over by Black Lodge and the old High Tone 2. Yeah, High Tone 2. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that one was really fun, too. So, we yeah, we did three, like, legit streaming, like, honest, you know, professionally recorded and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. But it was always awkward because since we're so used to the live energy of real humans, mm-hmm. you know, a real crowd... It was, if anything, almost more nerve wracking because it was like, I've got all these cameras around me and yeah. I just, it, <laughs> the world is watching me, but there's no one really here watching me. So it's, it's definitely been nice getting yeah. back to the live energy because that's where, where we thrive. Well, it's like, you know, you get people like yelling, yeah, they're cheering, you know, and puking and everything. But, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you know, and like, that's the vibe you miss oh, like, for doing sure. live music, you know, because I asked my buddy, I asked my buddy Charvy one day when I saw him at Brookhaven a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, so, you know, because I knew he was doing the live streams and stuff, and he told me, like, man, yeah, people will send money, you know, they'll they'll donate or whatever they're doing, but, like, it's not the same. So yeah. I just, he, he only did it for, I think, like, two or three weeks. He's like, man, I can't, I can't, I can play these songs all night long there. I just can't play these songs all night. At on home. Facebook Live or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely, you know, we were definitely fortunate for the opportunities, especially because it was like, we have something to do, <laughs> you know. And then, you know, it just kind of felt like, you know, an over-the-top practice almost, you know, because it was just usually the owner of the place, sound person, and a camera person, you know. So it, it did feel a little bit awkward, but it was still, you know, just grateful that, you know, during that time we did have a few things that we were able to, like, get out of the house and do and feel like some type of normalcy, you know? So what's the process of writing a song? Um, It's definitely kind of all over the place. Cause you know, at first since it was just us and we did that, you know, EP and I also had a little bit of material left over from the band I was in previous. So at first it was kind of just stuff that I was bringing to the table. And then over time, um, it's been more collaborative and, you know, it can either be, you know, us in the practice room, full band, just jamming stuff out or, you know, she'll be, you know, come in with lyrics and melody and like, we'll see what we can write to it. Or, you know, I'll have these riffs or, you know, our bassist will have something. It's kind of all over the place. We don't have like a set regiment when it comes to writing, you mm-hmm. know, we just try to keep it as open as possible just so, you know, all the ideas and creativity can you know, flow naturally. Yeah. I'm really fortunate. Cause like I was saying earlier, I'm not really passionate about playing guitar. And that was always kind of the struggle was that I would envision, you know, how I wanted lyrics to sound, how I wanted the melody to sound, but couldn't quite get there musically what, that I wanted to kind of mimic it. And it's cool sometimes because I can just straight up write some lyrics with no music and say, Hey, this is, what I'm thinking of, like the style, like mm-hmm. think of this band meets this band 
meets us, our flair, like, make it happen. <laughs> you, man, do it. <laughs> yeah. And he does. And it's awesome. And it's really cool to be able to do that. But that's not always the case. Of course, there's plenty of times that, you know, we just start out with guitar and then we build from there. And then there's plenty of times to where we sandwich one piece of something in with another piece and, you know, it eventually forms into something. And then sometimes he writes lyrics and I love them and I take his melody and then go ham with it. So it's just, it's kind of all over the place and that's kind of what makes it awesome and super yeah. fun. So who were some of your influences growing up? Um, let's see. I mean, kind of, kind of all over the place. Um, you know, like first couple, uh, bands that I got into myself was like the offspring rage against the machine, Metallica, you know, just pretty much when I was younger, anything that was aggressive and, you know, fun and had like great, great drumming, mm -hmm. you know, I was definitely, um, you know, gravitated towards, but, you know, over time and getting older, I mean, I kind of just pull from everything, you know, just all sorts of, you know, subgenres of punk rock, alternative music and, and metal and, you know, um, you know, pretty much anything. Um, but let's see, uh, guitar wise, um, you know, when I first, you know, started playing and stuff, I was definitely kind of going back to my roots and listen to, you know, a lot of nineties punk, you know, no effects, green day, Pennywise, and then eighties, hardcore circle jerks, black flag, bad brains and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't get into heavier music until at an older age. So growing up, I was mainly, into um singer songwriter stuff i really loved patsy klein and hank williams senior and etta james and um the list goes on with all the the old school singers um and then for a while i got into a big uh white stripes phase i really loved nirvana for a while um modest mouse uh i I listened to a lot of um, the pop punk emo stuff that was popular when I was young, like My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy and all that jazz. And uh, and then I kind of evolved more into the singer-songwriter thing as I got later on into my teens. And I have like a lot of more um, current artists. Greg Allen Isakov is my favorite singer-songwriter. And then there was a lady named Laura Marling, which who is a huge influence on my vocals at the time and then as previously mentioned etta james and patsy klein just i love listening to those ladies sing so um yeah. sing along to them a lot i i'm sure my family got very tired of hearing me sing <laughs> all the time doing the dishes in the shower doing laundry doing anything literally always so <laughs> um but yeah and then now of course like now I kind of listen to more of what um, our sound is. I I kind of go out of my way to find other women-fronted bands that I can really get inspira inspiration from. I really love um, listening to bands that we meet on the road that are, you know, similar level to us as far as being DIY or small label. Mm -hmm. um, lots of friends that I like to listen to nowadays. Um some Kind of Nightmare is one of my favorite bands who we'll be playing with on August 18th at Lamplighter. And they're also a married couple. And uh, they go back and forth with vocals. And they're awesome. And uh, 
Kills Birds is another one of my favorite bands right now. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. From uh, Canada. They got a grungy sound. I know uh, Dave Grohl has been kind of helping them out, getting their name out there. Yeah, they they cool. did just got done, um, you know, obviously before Taylor's passing, they um, played a couple shows opening for Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Right off yeah. him. And then um, there's a band called Bad Waitress, also from Canada, that I believe is all women. And... Um, yeah, I just I really love to be able to find smaller smaller bands or up and coming bands and just pull from different influences like Tank and the Bangas is one of my favorite bands and of course they sound nothing like us but her like style of singing is so cool and like she was a slam poet so like the way she talks and speaks and sings and raps it's like I just get this weird influence from her even though you would never hear that listening well, to us but with, after i say it you know with bands like that that have such a unique original sound like even though like like you're saying like we don't sound like them but you could still pull influence of like yeah. you're doing your own thing and you were owning it and being original and being badass at it like you can take that influence and that idea yeah from that yeah know? definitely mm. do you guys know the band cruelty of heaven i know no. the name jared Philsinger and sam because when you said the Melsom shows, they used yeah. to play at Melsom. I'm pretty sure they played on that on that card. Yeah. Oh, hmm. Cruelty of Heaven. You said. Yeah, and okay. now the, the new band name they're in is called The Morning. The Morning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have to look that up. So yeah, I don't know. I was like, man, I know y'all have to know each other from the scene because they play the yeah. same music, you know. But they haven't played in a while. But yeah. It sucks. There's definitely, you know, a lot of disconnects that happened with the pandemic. Yeah. There's a lot of people who I still don't know, you know, how active they are and what they're doing and where they're going and stuff. And we're fortunate to have been able to kind of definitely not have the same moments and we had prior, but at least sort of built it back up well, from where we were. We were kind of forced to stay a band during the pandemic because in January of 2020, we put down our deposit to record at young Avenue Oh shit. and then everything locked down and yeah. we were just like, Oh, what's going on with this? And they were like, we're still going to get you in. It's just going to be later, you know, than, than anticipated. We're trying to figure it out. So, you know, at first we were still, you know, distant. And then we realized we we're like, okay, we can at least practice, you know, we'll, we'll just do that. So, you know, we just got the songs as tight as possible and it worked out because we were able to throw in a new one that wasn't supposed to be on the recording. And it turned out to be one of my favorites on, on the latest EP. So because of that, we were kind of forced to where it's like, well, young, young Avenue sound has our money. So, you know, we <laughs> were like, we're going to get you in. We're not going to give you money back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like You are going to record. It, it really was. A, it was a beautiful experience recording there, especially during the pandemic when there was not a lot of light in the world and being able to come together and make such a, you know, beautiful memory for everyone. And now young Avenue sound doesn't record the way that they used to. The, the studio operates completely differently. And yeah, they got I don't out. think any band off the street could just book recording time now. So, really? so we lucked out that we were able to kind of make some history yeah, for the, that, that was also the changeover, you know, like a, uh, a goal of mine since I was a teenager to record there. Cause when I was growing up on a dem machine was one of my favorite local bands. And I saw that, you know, all their recordings were from there and I was like, one day I'm going to record there. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and then I got to sneak it in. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's cool. 
On a dead machine, isn't that what's that guy? We used to they used to perform at newbies back in the day on the Highland Strip. Not the new newbies, but like the old newbies. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to uh, Jared, is his name no. Do you remember that band, Tony? No. No. Okay. Talking about Joan Red, maybe? No, no, I remember Joan Red. Cripple Nation. They all used to play on the strip yeah. together and like one night one band I'm would play here, one night bands. one band would play Highland Q. Maybe it's not the same guys, because I mean, this was like 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. The, the old days. Yeah. That that place, every, all of that is so different. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, like, the new newbies and the whole strip is completely different. Uh, yeah. what it, what I, I did it play that the new newbies a few years ago with one of the bands I was drumming for. And it's just like, why don't they just name it something different? This is not <laughs> the same place. <laughs> Yeah, because you know, like where the bluff is, that used to be the movie theater side of the the old newbies, and I'm like, yeah. dude, this is the bluff is legit. I mean, they got it's big, it's you know, they got a lot going on in there. Always yeah. got country acts coming through there and stuff, so he's killing it. Yeah, especially just being right by the university, I'm sure you know they're definitely getting kids in there. Yeah, for sure. So, what is it? Last week or two weeks ago? Y'all just came from a Kentucky tour. Yeah, it was last weekend. Um, we played Nashville Friday, and then the Saturday, technically, where we played is Newport, Kentucky, but it's it's literally, like, over the river is Cincinnati. And weirdly enough, the way the highway is, is you actually have to drop, go, pat, go through Kentucky and then drive past the river and then go through Cincinnati to come back into Kentucky to get to Newport just because the way the highway is. So we we still got to drive through downtown Cincinnati, which we've done before, but we hadn't done it as lipstick stains. And uh, it was, it's really beautiful. It was a really beautiful drive, but the place we played in Newport, Kentucky uh, was called the Southgate House Revival, and it's this giant old church. It's gorgeous. I think they said it was 250 years old. And like that. The, all old. the old stained glass is still there, and all the, you know, the top of the old organ is where the yeah, like bar right is. Right behind the bar, yeah. Is where, oh, by, shit, It's really? so gorgeous. And then, like, the where the, the lobby area is is a separate bar where, like, it's more of, like, a lounge area. So they had two parts going throughout our show so they had like more of the singer songwriter like folk punk folks playing in the lounge area while the other bands in the the big room the sanctuary where the actual church is uh would you know they'd be setting up and we'd flip-flop between acts and it went awesome and then apparently there's a third venue on the top floor that's small we didn't even go up there because we didn't find out about it until like yeah, towards yeah the end there of the was night. a separate show going on up there that i think they were having like some jam bands yeah coolest venue i've ever played for sure it was so cool yeah, and very beautiful unique. and the vibe there was just super fun and everyone was having a great time it was all ages so we got to play for a bunch of kids I had one of the most like heartwarming experiences ever. There was this little girl, probably 10, 12, um, with her mom. And she just kept coming up to me, asking me if I would take pictures with her. And I gave her a copy of our set list. And she asked me if I would sign it. And it was just so beautiful seeing this light in her eyes, like just looking at me up, uh, up on stage and I could see her going, I want to do that one day. And that I, is awesome. I hope she does. I hope that little girl does. Cause it was awesome. It was really awesome. Yeah. Our first quote unquote out of town show, which, you know, we, um, we got asked to play 
And at first we were kind of like, uh, I don't know, because it was, um, you know, Fool's Ball, uh, you know, which is more of just like, you know, kind of a small, more jam band rock and roll thing. And when we were first starting, we were like, you know what, that might be like a really good like trial as like a first out of town show. Was that was, like early 2019? Yeah, April 2019. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. In, they had it in Waterford, Mississippi. And originally we were supposed to play outside and then this bad storm was coming in, but they have a, a barn right there and it does have a stage in there. So they were like, we got to move everything in. And so we ended up playing like two hours later than we were supposed to. And we start playing and there was like a three-year-old, you know, girl that just came up to the front of the stage and the whole time was just like looking up and saying, <laughs> just like, what are you? <laughs> I've never seen anything like this before. Just and so, dancing along. You know, which just- we weren't you know, expecting because we were like, man, we're going to stick out like a sore thumb. And then like we had, you know, the, these two hippies come, come up to, you know, us and it was just like, do you guys want to come do some acid with us? And we were like, <laughs> yeah. we like, that sounds cool, but we're actually about to go get burgers. So I don't know how that experience is going to go. Yeah. But, you're going to see your patty talking to you or some shit. Yeah. So, I mean, we got a good reaction and it was definitely, you know, f- you know, for a trial run of just getting our, you know, feet wet on like, all right, cool. We're not playing in the normal places. We're not going to see the, or, you know, our normal friends giving us that confidence boost, you know, and, and, you know, I'm glad that we did that, but it was cool. Like the first time doing that, having that experience of, you know, a younger girl that probably never have seen anything like this before, like heavier, you know, in your face stuff, you know, with, with Zan just going ham on the stage. Well, how cool was it that you guys were just a part of a show that, raised enough money for 3,600 meals. Oh yeah. That, that, yeah. Amazing. And I mean, it's also amazing that, you know, I mean, the, the name of the show was called punks care and it's true. It's, it's awesome that we all are, you know, a bunch of misfits that in, you know, we play with people that we know who live all over the country who tour all the time. And we all know each other just from this, beautiful little punk music scene, even though we're all from different cities. We were the only band from Memphis that played. I don't think there was any locals on that. I don't think anyone was from Kentucky. Yeah. I, I, I think know. every band was like from out of town that came to this area, the show, you know, for that cause to help raise money. And then definitely finding out a few days later, like that's how many meals are going to be, you know, distributed to people in need. It was just like, man, we were really part of something. It was definitely worth, you know, doing that drive because we were supposed to do like a full on tour around this time, but we had to push it back. But you know, we already booked Nashville and we already said yes to this. We were just like, fuck it. We're just going to have to make that drive back. Yeah, The drive home Sunday was rough. Yeah, It was about nine and a half hours. I got a migraine, you know, and then I, I definitely finding out like, Hey, we did it. Like we were making a difference. It was like, it was worth all of that. Yeah. You know, honestly, some of the best shows that we've ever played are benefit shows just because, you know, it's, People, I mean, of course, like we want to sell merch and of course we want to, you know, get money to put in our gas tank. But it's awesome when people come together to do this for something other than ourselves. You know, we're doing it for the folks that are watching, but then we're doing it for whatever cause we're trying to help out. And that's some of my favorites. When we played Little Rock a couple weeks ago, we did it for the the skate park there. uh, Can't Canis? skate park uh they do like a bash every year to raise money for the skate park and the skate park is sick there like and it's because bands come together and they raise money for the skate park every year and the way so that skate park can still exist and keep adding on and be clean and you know safe and everything and 
is really cool and everyone always has a blast and we're yeah, always a lot of fun. super super stoked to play little rock yeah, the the way they have have it set up there is um towards the back of the skate park it's it's outdoors is you're pretty much in between um like almost like a half pipe and a bowl and so when you're playing there's skaters that are doing like tricks oh, right shit, next to you really? the, the first time we played it kept wigging me out because i was just like <laughs> playing music and then i'm not used to having like a board like a, you know two feet away from my yeah. face and just be like what the fuck you I know. know. But, it, but it was an awesome experience you know so definitely the second round you know was a little less you know calming with how much i move around on stage i always have to be careful that i don't fall in and die <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's like how come they can't do that you're in Memphis for the skate park yeah. and make it better. Uh, I know for all, all town, they, they were doing that, but I know, you know, that's, that's, that's going away or it did just go away. Cause I think, you know, they're going to be building something there mm-hmm. and you know, their society, the, the indoor skate park. And I know they're starting to do, you know, shows and I believe they're all ages, uh, you know, so hopefully we can get in there and, and play as well. Yeah. I think, I think honestly, society may be just the timing of when it opened. I think it opened like right before the pandemic. So yeah. there's so many places that I think, you know, would be talked about or heard about a lot more if they didn't open when they did because the world is the way it is. So um, hopefully they're they're going to be doing more because I hear it's awesome. And all ages shows are our favorites to play because... You know, not just little kids, but teenagers, you know, teenagers need something to do. Teenagers need something safe to do. Teenagers need somewhere to go that is inspiring and inspiring creativity and socializing in a fun and safe way. And we don't really have a whole lot of that. And I want yeah. more of it. I know for me, you know, being able to go to the New Daisy and then skate park in Memphis, like that's what motivated me to like, this is what I want to do. I got to keep playing. And then just, you know, seeing all the older bands, you know just absolutely killing it. I mean, just going to spawn, you know, there'd be like 300 kids all from the suburbs, you know, coming to see shows and stuff. And then when they closed down and then, you know, the Daisy, it was open, then it wasn't open and it wasn't yeah. kind of just killed the all ages kind of scene in Memphis, you know? So it's, it's cool that society's, you know, bringing that back. Yeah. I mean, when I was a teenager, cause I'm eight years younger than Ryan. So skateboard, skate park of Memphis pretty much closed. Like right as when I was starting to like get into music, like live music. Um, but the, the new Daisy was one of the few places I was ever able to go see shows. Cause I remember the high tone, high tone one at the time that was all 18 plus or 21 plus. Um, and then of course all the dive bars that have shows, of course we're all 21 plus at the time. So, um, I'm hoping that, you know, we get, we get more soon and we can start getting more folks out. Cause is it hard to put a show together with other bands? Uh, That's for, a yes. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it, it, it is. It, it can be, but, you, you know, with, um, you know, just kind of doing it for so long, in, you know, in Memphis, it, it's it's not too terrible. Definitely, you know, with out-of-town stuff, it, it can get a little bit hectic because, um, you know, for an example, before the pandemic happened, there was this, you know, weekender that I was trying to put together just do St. Louis, Chicago, Louisville and come home. And, you know, obviously we had to cancel it, but I pretty much gave up because one city I would have all the bands, but no venues were coming back to me or I would have the venue and like no bands were messaging me back. And I was just like, I don't think this is supposed to happen. And I passed all the information off to her and she got it done in like three days. And it was like, cool. And then it was like, a, a, you know, maybe two weeks later, it's like, oh, well, now we have to cancel it because yeah. the world is ending. I, 
I love booking shows. I think it's so much fun. I love connecting with strangers and just like sharing this love of what we're trying to do. I really love connecting with other women in music and trying to bring us together. But, um, but no, it, it is really hard. Um, especially when you've got, um, venues that aren't responding or are booked or, I mean, especially when you're playing out of town and you, you don't know what these venues are going to be like. You don't know if it's going to be the right scene. You don't know what the crowd's going to be like. Um, and then trying to like, make sure that the band sonically makes sense together, especially when you don't know them. Um, and, you know, I mean, everyone's got lives and jobs and families and whatever. So, of course, sometimes people are hard to get back to you and stuff. So um, it is hard. I think it's more work than probably what people think, but it's fun and it's totally worth doing it. So. So how are you finding these bands? Um. Well, now we've gotten to the point to where we know a lot of people who t- tour a lot and, you know, we we have friends who are in bands that are similar sounding to us. So sometimes we'll reach out to them and see, you know, have you passed through the city? What, you know, who should I hit up? Uh, we'll have people come up to us and say, Hey, I know I'm from this city originally. So if you ever go through that city, please let me know. And I'd love to, you know, hit up some, uh, share some bands with you or venues with you. Um, sometimes we will go on to like a venues of, like events and like look at different shows going on in that time and just see like, okay, well here's a show that looks like a show that we would play. So what are these bands and let's listen to them and let's look into their stuff. And it's fun because they get to discover a lot of new bands that way. And there's plenty of bands who I would say I'm friends with who we actually haven't been able to even play with because dates didn't align or whatever. But now we have this connection and this kind of like online friendship Mm, um, because we got to just chit chat and talk. And especially with being women in the heavier scene, you know, unfortunately there aren't a whole lot of us. So it's, it's nice to be able to like come together and be like, I know this lady from this city and this lady from this city. And, uh, and and it's fun. You kind of go about it organically in a lot of different ways. Um, Yeah. Facebook groups definitely help. You know, there's like, you know, for each city, there's usually, you know, like Chicago punk, you know, Nashville, oh, okay. like stuff like that. So you can go in there and, you know, just be like, hey, we're looking around this date and this and that, you know. And usually there's someone that'll, you know, send you a message or point you in the right direction. And then, you know, it leads to, you know, building a relationship. Well, there's also a Facebook page called DIY Tour Posting that I'm a part of that you are not allowed to be promoting your band. You literally the only purpose is to ask for help. And give that in return when that band is coming to your city. And so, you know, there will be plenty of bands where I'll say, you know, can you help me out in this city? And then if you want to come through Memphis, even if we can't play it, I'll still help you out with getting bands and getting a venue. Because, you know, a venue owner who I'm friends with is a lot more likely to message me back right away Mm -hmm. than some band they've never heard of that's down in their email inbox. So, um, so it's really cool to have all these connections specifically from that page because it is so, it is very strict and that you don't come on here and be posting your whatever, whatever. It's great if you want to promote, but do it somewhere else. This is literally just for that because there's like 17,000 members in that group. So if people were just trying to promote, then it would be a flood of just ridiculous different group. Yeah. (laughs) But it is really cool because I've, I've connected with so many people who, you know, there might be new, so they want to, you know, they brand new to playing out of town. So they've, they have no idea where to begin. So it's cool to, 
create these connections and help each other out. And I don't know, there's just something so beautiful about the music scene in general, but especially the punk scene that, you know, everyone really does love to come together and kind of help each other out. Well, it sounds like a real community as far as like helping out people, feeding people and helping with the park and stuff like that. Definitely. And, and like the group and stuff like that. So, yeah, that sounds uh, pretty amazing. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like giving back is, you know, the best because the f- feeling you get from it is awesome. Oh, for sure. You know, especially because, you know, you get to do what you love while also helping, you know, help, helping people in whatever shape or form that it is, you know, so it's always definitely worth doing, I think. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, one of our last uh, local shows was with Pez and uh, Lavender and Public Strain, and we raised money for, I can't remember what the acronym stands for, NEVA. And they were the uh, foundation that kind of helped uh, maintain venues, like staying alive during the pandemic. And so all the money went back to them because they're, you know, sustaining venues, just staying afloat when venue owners didn't have any money to give to their employees. And, you know, venue owners had no income coming in. So um, really, really great organization. And of course, we're very grateful because without venues, we wouldn't exist. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, of course we might exist, but it would be nothing like the experience you have going to a live venue and house shows music. are still fun though. House shows are fun, <laughs> but you know, not all the time. Yeah. So do you guys travel a lot? We uh, try to, we want to do it more and more. We want to do it all the time work. You know, it's, it's, it's hard finding a balance to, if you have dogs and families and lives and jobs and everything, it it's very, makes it very hard to just say, I'm going to quit everything and go on the road all the time. So we try to find that like sweet spot and mm-hmm. the in-between. And we literally like map out our PTO for the year and say, okay, we're going to sandwich it around this weekend so we can go yeah. on yeah. You know, a mini tour <laughs> yeah, this yeah. weekend and do a mini tour this weekend and then do a week and a half long tour this weekend. And then just try to do one off stuff. Like we, We'll play like Birmingham or Little Rock or Tupelo or uh, we played uh, Missouri. What was the town? Uh, Poplar Bluff. Poplar Bluff, Missouri, St. Louis. Well, New Orleans. We'll we'll do like a one day on a weekend, and it's rough sometimes coming back. Mm. And you leave on that Friday and coming back that Sunday, and you got to work and do it all over again. It's it's rough, but. Yeah. It's worth it. I will, uh, since you brought that up, I will say to any artist, band, or whatever that's listening, do not forget or skip over the small towns because with us recently going to Tupelo and Poplar Bluff, which, you know, isn't major cities are on a major, major circuit, but those people really appreciate you coming to their town because they have something to do and something different. And we had great experiences in both of those towns and we're, you know, hoping to go back soon. Well, and they don't have any, as many opportunities to see a wide variety of music as well. True, so if true. you are something that's other than what's just coming on the radio, mm. you know, that's, that's mine. That's life changing, mind blowing for them. Yeah. And that's why it's so awesome when we get to play all edges shows out of town and we get to see these kids who have never even heard of anything like us before seeing us live and just mind blown. And it's really cool to, you know, see women in smaller cities who are just I can see the inspiration come like lighting up in their eyes and it's like you can do this too it doesn't matter where you live you don't have the par- you don't have to have parameters 
even if you live in a small town, a big town's only a few hours away. Like just, you know, do it. And it's cool to hopefully promote that, that culture and hopefully promote that energy with other people. We love playing smaller towns. I mean, even Little Rock, which isn't a huge city, awesome, awesome, heavy, heavy music scene. Yes. We love Little Rock. It's awesome just to even go see shows. So definitely we love playing the small towns. We love playing the big towns too, of course, but um, it's, it's, like he said, don't skip over them. <laughs> yeah, I think I think like what y'all are doing with traveling, uh, even though like coming back may be a bitch, it's still you have those memories. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You know, like yeah, like I always say, traveling is one of the best things you can do. Oh yeah, because like there's a lot of people that have never left their block. You know, it's it sounds funny at sometimes, but it's like that's real. Like and you know, you have people that have never been on a plane and stuff like that. And it's just like if you can experience other cultures or other cities or other states or whatever. I think that's one of the best gifts you can give yourself. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. We definitely spend all of our money on travel. I mean, nothing fancy by any means, but I say cheap nowadays. Yeah. We, <laughs> we bought a minivan this year and, uh, it's a pretty nice minivan, but, uh, we, we are just able, just barely able to squeeze all of our gear, our members, our luggage, everything, just barely into it. <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. gets great gas mileage. I get not 28 uh, miles per gallon on the highway. Um, but yeah, I mean, between the van and the gas and the hopefully we don't have to buy a hotel. Hopefully we get a friend to crash with, but hotel and everything else, you know, it's it's not it's not cheap, but. Damn, it's fun. It's so much fun. We, Ron and I are cheesy, 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 but we have a map of the U.S. It's like a really nice National Geographic map, and it's specifically meant to put little pins in it. Oh, yeah. That's cool. So every city that we've been to together, yep, just like that one. Yeah. Every city we've been to together, we put a little pin in it, and I think we're probably up to like, now we, granted, we count all the little teeny tiny towns. Hey, that's the counts. Yeah. yeah. If it's on the map, we put a pin in it. We're up to (laughs) like 55, close to 60, something like that. Something like that. That's awesome. But it's, it's not just from, you know, playing music. You know, just any city that we've been to for any like traveling reasons, you know, just for any trip or going hiking or just, you know, whatever, you know, but half of it or more than half is definitely from you know, um, something music yeah. associated. <laughs> so like when you're going on like a regular vacation, like not a band vacation or whatever, like, do you guys go see live music without a doubt? That's that's part of it. Like, hey, yeah. this band is playing at this thing. Let's go. To the air. We we actually did that for our, our year anniversary. Yeah, our one year October. wedding anniversary. Uh, we went to Louisville because we were, we were, like I said, we were supposed to play. And, you know, we were just like, it seems like a cool little city. So like six hour drive, whatever. Let's go there. And the first night we went to the the bar venue, we were, you know, supposed to play and we didn't even know who was playing. And, you know, just said, you know, fucking it went, had a good, good time. It's yeah. like some indie music from Chicago, something like that. Yeah. And then like a rock and roll kind of jam band from Louisville. Yeah. And it was fun. I mean, it was not what we normally listen to or go out of our way to see, but it was super fun to just go see a band play and make connections and, you know, put some stickers on the bathroom walls. <laughs> <laughs> so how long before y'all are playing on music fest? Um, before we play another music fest? No, the no, Memphis no. Music Fest. Oh. 
Um, you know, we'll go ahead and say next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 2023, baby. I mean, they asked us this last one. We're like, yeah, yeah know. you know, we, we got play. too much going yeah. on right now. Yeah. It's you a gotta, little too far. You got to manifest that shit. Yeah. Man. Yeah, definitely. I mean, of course. Uh, it, it was definitely cool to see that, you know, Black Hippie was able to play, you know, Cena, you know, a band that we've played with and they're starting to blow up. I think they're like playing Portland tonight or some shit. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. On tour, so. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, was, it was really cool to be like, hey. Our fr- our friends are playing on there, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe we will too. Yeah, right? maybe we will. <laughs> they they played with us for our EP release show last year, and yeah. um, it was our first show back, and it was basically just a block party. Or uh, one of our friends just uh, had a setup in the driveway, and we were just like, "Let's see what happens." Is like right when shows were were starting, and it was uh, one of our friends did a solo set, uh, Black Hippie, and then it was us and. You know, we we had a really good turnout, and it was just like the whole yard and you know the street and everything was just all of our friends that we have not seen in like almost a year yeah. for the most part, and just random people from the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. But yeah, Black Hippie's awesome. They're doing great. They're a great um, Memphis band that's making waves, and we're really proud of them and happy for yes. them. And you know, I love to see it. I love to see when you know Memphis is when folks are up in Memphis and yeah. you know. I mean, you got Southern Avenue. That's like, Oh yeah. Europe all the Southern time Avenue. Now, of you know? course. Yeah. <laughs> they cool. kick ass so much ass. Um, See, this is probably why you guys are definitely going to make it because you're not hating that you haven't made it. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're loving the fact that your friends are making it. Yeah. Oh, right. So like that, that's you huge. Know, I mean like any band that's like, you know, starting to do, you know, bigger things, stuff like that. Like they're putting in the same amount of work or more than you are. So like, how can you hate on that? You know, it's not like they're just sitting around and someone was like, you know what? We're just going to put your money into you. You know, like people have already done that. Like you got to show that you're hungry yeah. you know, to get anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you can't hate on that. You can only respect it. Yeah. I mean, we have some friends uh, in a band called the Scatterguns from Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And I had never heard of Cape Girardeau before them, but great folks. They have a unique sound and they, they work their asses off. And I yeah. remember, they am saying to me, like, we want to play with you guys more because we see the work that you put into this because it's not easy. It's so not easy, especially when you have a full time job. And as I mentioned, lives and families and whatever. And um, it's not easy. And it's a lot of work. It really does feel like a second job and it is. a second it job that you're like not a making job. a whole lot of money. It from. Is, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, er, earlier we were saying, you know, with the, you know, the, the weekend that we just did with Nashville and Kentucky and, you know, we we're supposed to do a whole, you know, week, week and a half thing. When we started, you know, booking for that, it was, you know, work your eight hours and go home. And it's like three to four hours on the laptop trying to make connections and trying to book things every day, you know, because you can't, especially now, since everyone, you know, with coming back from COVID, I think it's definitely, you know, um, motivated a lot of bands to, you know, start being more active and start getting on the road more to where, you know, before it was like, okay, three months, you know, before, you know, uh, reaching out and trying to book and now it seems like you got to do like four or five months you know because everything is just like booking up like that so if you want to get the show that you want and bands that you want like you got to put that work in early you know and so in a way we were kind of happy that we didn't end up doing that you know the tour when we were supposed to because we were doing it the three months and we were just like oh man everything's kind of already booked up so we were just like just non-stop like all night just you know trying to work we were kind of relieved that we had to you know push it back you know, for the time being, but 
But point being is that, you know, we all see each other. We all see the work we're putting into it. We all see the community that we're trying to bring. And we all see the connections that we want to make to better, better everything. Because if you're doing it alone and you're doing it with your intentions, only your intentions in mind, then you're not going to get what you need because we all need to just be giving back to each other and helping each other out and passing the baton. And, um, and so to, you know, go back on what you're saying and that, you know, we're, we're cheering folks along. It's like, you, you got who it's, it's what makes you feel good. It, it feels good to see, see people shine. Well, you also, you know, with, with playing music, you know, on a smaller level, DIY level, or, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, just over the years with doing it, like it, it's hard to you know put into perspective because obviously, like as a band, you have goals and these aspirations that you're working on, and that's like your main focus. And you can't lose grip on what you're just even doing in the moment because I've had you know friends and other people just over the years just like, oh man, I wish I could finally you know have a band together or just play an instrument or whatever and just like experience that for once in my life. And it's like don't take it for granted. Because you're, you know, might be on the same stage. It might be like small room at the high tone or playing the lamplighter because, you know, that might be normal to you, but there's still so many people out there that that might not be a reality for them. And they think about it and they wish that they could do that. So you just got to be grateful that you even have the opportunity that you can play in front of people and share your art and creativity and emotions in that form and fashion, because a lot of people don't get to, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. I always say that. This guy, well, I don't say it, but this guy said it. He said, uh, who is the greatest person that never tried? And it's just like those people that kind of wish they could do something, but they're not even putting the effort to doing it. And you guys yeah. are actually doing it. You know, so that's amazing. Because like I said, there's so many people that are, I wish I would have. Yeah. You know, why don't you try? You know, if you fail, I'd rather fail than have regrets of not doing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because like, sure. what are you worried about? Like, somebody's gonna laugh at you, or nobody's gonna listen, or one person listens. One person listening is better than zero people listening. Exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, I mean, surely we know that you know we're gonna keep making moves and think we're gonna keep going places, literally and figuratively. Um, but even if we didn't, I mean, the memories that we have alone that we've made already. 100% worth it. 100%. Not only the memories, but the the things that we have given to folks who, like I said, you know, haven't had opportunities to see bands like us, haven't had opportunities to be inspired by other women who get up on stage and kick ass and don't care that, you know, we're in a boys club. And, you know, it's just all these little things that the connections, the friends, the nights the long drives i mean all of it totally 100 percent worth it no matter what the way that i look at it is i get to play loud rock and roll music with my wife and you know that never seemed like a, a thing that would ever happen so it's just like <laughs> i'm just grateful just to be here <laughs> and like i said you made a memory for that little girl yeah yeah you know i mean that's just cool yeah yeah it's fun it's cool and you know i mean of course we always hope to go bigger and more and more dates and more places and more friends and, you know, more ears and eyes, but you know, um, more cities to see. Yeah. But I'll always be happy. I mean, there's 300 million people in this country. Yeah. So there's a lot of asses for every seat. Yeah. So, I mean, like there's plenty of opportunities to 
pop off. Yeah. You know, like they like they always go back to that guy that uh put out that Fleetwood Mac song when he was surfing I mean skateboarding down the thing drinking the dog face the cranberry juice yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had posted a lot of videos before that one. Yeah. And then that particular one just popped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, if he wouldn't have posted that one, no, we probably not know who he is right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He might have been like, oh, you know what? I've been posting a lot lately. I'm gonna, not going to do yeah. this one. You know. So, it's all about been a consistency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to be consistent with everything you do if you want to be great at something. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, when's the next show? Uh, we have July 1st at the high tone. We're really stoked. We're going to get to play with, um, two very heavy bands and, um, I love playing with heavy bands and, uh, gum. Um, and then third face, there's a couple women in third face and I'm really stoked to see them play. They're from Nashville Uh and they are absolutely incredible just with listening to them online and, you know, seeing some live footage from them. Oh yeah. Um, so pretty much if you're into heavy, um, you know, hardcore punk style music, you definitely don't want to miss. Yeah. It's a Memphis underworld show and we all know Memphis underworld shows rule and kick ass. So we're playing the small room at the high tone, um, yeah, and that's Friday, July 1st. Do you want to go to that, Tony? It's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little better than um, your birthday last Oh, yeah, let me tell you guys. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When I was 20. No, 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 we're good, no, we're good, no, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. When I was, I'm, I'm 42 right now. So when I was 21, I uh, I was working at Best Buy. These friends of mine, they're like, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going home. They're like, no, nah, man, we're going to Platinum Plus. I don't know if y'all know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got a platinum plus. That was my 21st birthday. So my 21 again, you know, 21 2.0 came around. What happened at platinum though? <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> so, We're going to keep you PG today. And so anyways, he's like, hey, uh, we end up going to um, salt and soy for dinner. Mm-hmm. And then our friend Austin works at the sports pub up here. So we went to the sports club to go see Austin. This motherfucker is playing whack-a-mole. Like, and I, I'm, I'm looking at the sign because on the sign it says, like, if you were born this year, it's like you're 21. And I'm thinking that was me 21 years ago. And yeah. then I'm watching this motherfucker play whack-a-mole. So <laughs> whack-a-mole was the mega touch machine from back, like, early 2000s when they, all the bars had them on the bar. Like, it was yeah, the one, yeah. And, like, Fox and Hound play. So I saw it there. I was like, holy shit. They got monkey bash. And they got... Uh, Drunk monkey on mm. this thing. I haven't played these games, so I'm saying he's talking to our buddy. I'm like, dude, <laughs> he's like, but 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 where did we go for your birthday? Where was your real birthday? What are you talking about? Did you ever go on a trip? No, <laughs> not last year. I don't think. Yeah, where did we? Go? You're making it sound like I gave you a shitty birthday. For my 40th, <laughs> we went to Atlanta. We took you to Miami and this Tampa. Year. I mean, we do a lot for this motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the baby of the group. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it's like, no, we really went somewhere. I know. No, we, I didn't go anywhere at all last year. Because I now my first trip out of town since the pandemic. Well, I, 2020 I went places, but 2021 I didn't go with shit. I didn't go anywhere. And because I said Miami was the first place I had been since I think when I went to Africa. Because I think I went to Africa in November of 2020. Oh, cool. Hmm. Yeah. Shitty friend. <laughs> where'd you, where'd you go when you went to Africa? Tanzania. Nice. Yeah, I went for a safari and uh, then we went to uh, Zanzibar, which is like an island off Tanzania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That sounds awesome. Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds uh, you know, look, you know, it yeah, seems it super sounds, cool, right? And, yeah. and I see I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I always like telling this part of the story and it's the cool part of the story. But like uh, we went we were there too long as far as the safari. It was like it was like eight hour day and we went for like five days and you can only see so many zebras and giraffes yeah. and shit yeah. like that. But I mean it's cool that I got to go, but like I said, I would probably do it more like a three-day thing instead. Right. And then it was during the pandemic, so there was nobody around. Yeah. Like, as far as, like, all the resorts we stayed at, there was nobody there. And, but, I don't know, it's an experience, for sure. And it's like, I hate flies. Yeah. And there were flies everywhere, because they follow the wildebeest. And right. wherever they shit and all, it was just, uh, oh. Just fly city. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. I would have been like, all right, I'm going back to the hotel. Where, right. which, <laughs> which direction do I need to walk? And this is another thing. It made me feel bad, too. Because there's so many poor people over there. Yeah. And when we got there, I just saw like how everything was compared to here. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's like a culture shock. It really makes you appreciate living here. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I say about traveling. That's, it really opens your eyes to a lot of shit, sure. man. Yeah. But, um, like I said, I got to go, you know, which is nice, but I would never do a safari again. It's the one and done for me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you could always go to the Como, Mississippi uh, safari where you drive through with your little car. <laughs> Is that by Tupelo? Ah, uh, it's closer uh, than that. So, yeah, so I know there's something in Tupelo, and I know they have one like in somewhere like towards Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, Is that the Jackson. one that Chelsea's parents own? Or is that the one she's talking about in Como? I think Chelsea's dad has one in Mississippi somewhere. Yeah, so I know they're getting the like Como one. Yeah. some rhinos. It's, it's like, like less that. than an hour away. It's it, not that far. We we went in 2020 just to get out of the house to do something. It was definitely a fun experience. My my favorite part is when you know we first got to where the ostriches were and we had our windows down and one was coming right up to her about to come into the window and she was just like, oh hell no! And yeah. it's like, I, didn't, I didn't like that prehistoric looking thing in my car. I'm with you. I saw a video it was, the other day. Definitely, I saw intense. I saw a video on Instagram the other day, and this girl was feeding the ostrich was coming, and she just freaked out, and she's like trying to roll the window up, and the window her boyfriend holds the window down, so he can't roll oh, it shit. up, and she's freaking out, like she's not hyperventilating, anything, like I think she passed out in the video, but she woke right back up, and oh, she was damn. like, "Get me the fuck out of here!" Yeah, oh my God, what so all funny. do they have there? It's pretty cool. The zebras, they have got zebras. The ostriches. Um, what else was they up had? There? Like a buffalo. Um, gazelle, they have, they have gazelle, so they're kind yeah. of like, you know, sprinting along, which is really pretty. Mm. Um, giraffes, um, that guy needs to step his game up. I wonder if you could get a giraffe. I don't know, they do have a zebra. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, who's got a zebra? A friend of ours has a zebra, oh, shit. <laughs> uh -huh. and they have a monkey. This monkey, I have to try to pull the video up. <laughs> it smelled so fucking bad, man. It was in their backyard. <laughs> Let me see here. Well, I thought we were cool having a wolf at home. I know. Do you have a real wolf at home? She's, she's, she's a hybrid, so Siberian Husky timber wolf. But we've uh, I've had her since she was, you know, a puppy or a cub or whatever you want to call no, her. That's so really cool. She's basically just like your average dog, but just super mm -hmm. smart and super stubborn and kind of feels like we have a toddler sometimes. And sassy. Oh, my God. Yeah. She just. A lot of attitude in that dog. It, yeah. Oh, they have a camel, too. I oh, shit. Let me see. That's awesome. And then this Aww. was the fucking monkey, man. The fucking thing was so nasty. It was so That's mean. Wild, though. Though. I think it, it would probably throw shit at me if I was that Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they usually keep it out, but it only likes my friend Matthew, not his husband. 
And uh, Thacker's like, yeah, that <laughs> Thacker sent me a, a picture one day. The monkey was at the door. He's like, I'm not going this fucking <laughs> <laughs> Not today. <laughs> oh man! So, do you guys have another album coming out? Or are you, like, y'all working on that? Uh, definitely working on it. We've definitely been working on a lot of material. We've been, you know, playing a few newer newer songs live, and um, you know, seems like people are really digging them. So, we're hoping to uh, be able to record something you know, sometime this year to release next year. So yeah. that, that's the plan right now. Well, and since we had to postpone putting out our last record controlled chaos. And then when we finally were which able you to can find everywhere online, yes, can we hear it? Can you play it for us? Sure. Sure. Which, which song do you think I should play? Um, I love your purse. It's a, it's a lip. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's lips. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I full on, uh, Go with the with the gimmick of. <laughs> uh, I would say go ahead and go with the uh, Femina Bellator because everything that's you know happening okay. with the with the um, you know abortion stuff. Yeah, but yeah. So because we weren't able to promote this the as much as we'd like when we first released it, because of course we weren't gonna like start booking tours because we had no idea when stuff was going to get shut down again, when we we're going to go back to a lockdown, this and that. So now that we're finally on the road, we're still really trying to promote the hell on of this one. Cause yeah. you know, we in, want as many ears to hear it in 2021. We only played one out of town show and that was little rock at the skate park. So it was outdoors and all oh, that. Okay. Uh, but that was the only out of town one. So we're trying to make up for it this year.
section of church and state. My body is not an object that you can You have a great voice. Oh, thank you. And, she does. And the lyrics are amazing, and the music is fantastic. Oh, thank, thank you. you. That could be like on a fucking TV show or a movie, like playing in the background, like something yeah. like, that's impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I will say that, that that one came together pretty quickly because it was when, um, it was Alabama, mm-hmm. wasn't it, that came out with the, the really laws. restrictive yeah, yeah. abortion laws. And she wrote those lyrics at work and I, I get home before she does. So I was, um, you know, already jamming on guitar at the apartment and she came in and she was like, I just wrote these lyrics. I'm really pissed off about this shit. And I was just like, well, I'm already here. I already got it turned on. Let's see what <laughs> happens. You know? And so she started throwing out the melody and, you know, we pretty much got it together within like 20, 30 minutes or so and wow. sh- showed it to the rest of the band. They were like, yeah, let's fucking do it. So it, th- that's one of the few times to where, you know, it's just been you know, super quick. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, this is a banger. We have to do it. Yeah. And what's you that know? song called? Femina Bellator. Is it's it on a, us? A, I, Apple? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's everywhere. It's, it's on everything. It's a Latin for a female warrior. Yes. And how do you spell it? F-E-M-I-N-A. F-E-M-I-N-A. N-A. I like how you sound like you're at a spelling bee right now. <laughs> and then Bellator is V B E L L A T O R. Okay, I see it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And that's the second track on Control Chaos. We've got plenty of other tracks out there. Yeah, we got a uh, lyric video for Drain. That was the first one that we released. And then an actual music video for the, the first song, 710 Split, that yes. one of our friends, uh, you know, helped us put together. I like this. This, uh, picture too that y'all did thank you yeah yeah as a one of my uh old bandmates he he um just does that for flyers yeah, and, ryan art and, for and fun. I, ryan and i cut on all of that those images from magazines oh okay and we're kind of like do what you do yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're like make something cool out of this because these images we felt were strong and powerful for what we were kind of trying to say but also kind of quirky and fun and then he just put them together and made them look really fucking cool. And then Jimmy Myers, who's kind of our right hand man. He's the one who's done all of our music videos and he's done a lot of our, um, art and stuff like that. Um, he's a tattoo apprentice at no regrets. Go see him, get some tattoos. Um, good friend of ours. So a lot of our work is Jimmy. And then a lot of our other work is my sibling, Cecil Rose Miller, um, who's incredible and does a lot of our new art. So all of our new t-shirts and stickers and what What, have you. What's the name of their, uh, their online shop? Um, carnival cat boutique. And then, um, just, Cecil Rose art on Instagram and stuff. I brought you some stickers. Actually. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, they, they designed those. Yeah, oh, and so those are from. These are nice. It's in reference to our third track on Control Chaos called Slow Motion. Yeah, that it's more of a alternative sounding thing. 
uh, you know, um, so it's not as heavy. Uh, and that's why with controlled chaos being called that, it's not just, you know, more of like, you know, society or something like that. If you listen to it, you know, from start to back with the six songs, every song kind of has its own feel. Yeah. But we were smart and kind of particular of the track list for it to flow a certain way. So that's why you know, when we were trying to figure out, like, what are we going to call this? And she said something in the studio when we were listening, just like, yeah, it was just like, know, like this whole chaos. EP is just like, it's like chaos, but controlled chaos. And we're yeah. like, that we yep, got, that's, that's what we're going with. <laughs> Cause it really is. And, you know, because of me having kind of the singer songwriter background, Ryan really wanted to play more with the fact that I do have a good voice and to really utilize it instead of just going the punk, the punk way, which like we love our punk songs and we love getting heavy and we love going hard, but also it's fun to like take it step, take a step back and chill for a minute and let people groove and really, you know, just get into the fun vibes and stuff. Yeah. When did you know you had a good voice? Oh, I, I didn't think I had a good voice. Honestly, for a long time I did uh theater and I, musical theater is just it's it's very hard and it's a very particular type of voice and most of the girls my age all were sopranos with high really pretty voices that they could reach to the tippy tippy top with how high notes they could get to and that was just something i could never do um and so because i couldn't sing like that i just didn't think i was that good of a singer and then when i was getting later into my teens getting more into like writing my own music and writing things that you know worked for my voice people started saying like, Oh, you sound good. Let's come play at this coffee shop. Come play at this little event. Come play at my little backyard party, whatever. Yeah. And, um, and I was, you know, pretty, I still didn't think much of my ability because I didn't have a whole lot of range or strength. Um, and honestly, when we started to live six stains, I was still, not super confident. And, you know, I was doing a lot more of just the screaming straight, punk kind of stuff and it wasn't until we were writing songs that i was specifically writing melodies that were more and more challenging and i kind of like give myself a goal to get to and like i might only be able to sing it well once every four practices but then eventually the more and more we do it i can nail it yeah. every single time and so that's really been the biggest um help for training my voice and getting better is just practicing and um lately i um i mentioned yoga earlier i started doing yoga back in november every day pretty much and doing the breath training and the um just the the um the what's the word i'm looking for just having the routine and being rigid about doing it and just really having like a full body experience has really helped me train my breath control and be able to hold notes out longer and just, um, just trying to get better every day. <laughs> and also being able to quit smoking cigarettes. Oh yeah. And I quit easy. smoking cigarettes too, which of course that helped for sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, so thank you for saying that. And it's funny cause like, I, I guess I still just have this weird, um, I guess I just, I still am learn. I'm, I'm still finding out that I have a good voice because I felt like I didn't for so long because I was always told I didn't because I didn't have the right kind of voice for what I was doing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, just a lot of practicing and like I said, just setting goals that are, you know, a little bit harder to achieve, but if you work towards them, you can get there. How much better do you feel not smoking? 
Oh man, so much better. I I smoked a pack a day for about four years, and then the last year that I smoked, um, I got down to like six to ten cigarettes a day. And at that point, I really wasn't doing it because I enjoyed it. I could tell I was really just doing it because I had the addiction mm. to the nicotine. And like half the time I'd be smoking it, and I'm just like, good, I hate this. This is so gross. <laughs> but I still wanted to do it. Um, but I, I'm I'm so grateful that I was fortunate to be able to quit relatively easily because I know a lot of people struggle with it for sure. And it really is such a rough addiction. It's it's not easy at all whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I feel so much better. I mean, it's taken a while. I've been quit for almost two years now and I'm really just now like in the past year or so, especially with doing yoga and being more active and stuff like I'm really starting to feel the benefits and I'm not as winded on stage and, you know, just... It feels nice to not have to need to do it. <laughs> yeah. That, stuff like that, little small changes, but that's a big change. But okay. like the breathing and stuff mm-hmm. you're doing with yoga, that, you know, that opened up your voice for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, that is one thing I really did. I was fortunate with doing theater growing up as I've learned a lot of vocal and physical warm-ups and exercises that I've been trying to be better about doing before we play because I really do notice a difference and you know you definitely don't want to hurt yourself or strain yourself because it can be easy to do so I've had a lot of little things growing up different hobbies I had throughout the years that I I see the patterns how they've like been they've come together to kind of benefit me with lipstick stains even though like so much of it has nothing to do with what we're doing now the little things that i learned along the way or whatever really kind of have shaped me as a performer and it's cool <laughs> how long have you guys been sober for it'll be three years in september yeah it will be yeah yeah we're not sober, sober. We still smoke. We just, we just quit drinking. I just wanted to clarify, you know, like yeah. we're not, you know, super straight. It's just, yeah. you know, you know, just being in bar settings, you know, for seeing shows, playing shows, and both of us already like drinking before we met. And at first it was awesome because, you know, both of us were like, oh, man, someone that can hang and we can do this to like three in the morning because most mm-hmm. people want to tap out. So at first it was awesome. But then, you know, we had to make the decision of, all right, we're either going to keep drinking and break up or uh, no, I'm sorry, quit drinking and stay together or keep drinking and break up just because, you know, just having just stupid fights and, you know, just turning just into people that we weren't and that we didn't want to be. And I mean, because we were such partiers and heavy drinkers and that we could keep up with one another we are constantly just doing a little bit more and a little bit more and a little yeah, bit more and, and a little bit more it, it got to a point for me you know i know you know just speaking for myself to where it's just like when it came to the weekend like you know just when it was over i just was like i don't even remember what we just did the last mm-hmm. few no. days you know so yeah. it was just like yeah. you know we got we we should go ahead and you know put a stop to this you know and you know because it wasn't like you know we had to have it every day or anything like that is just, you know, I'm the type of person that when I started and felt the, you know, any type of buzz, it was just like, well, this is what I'm doing until I pass out or, you know, run out of money. <laughs> so, yeah. And honestly, yeah. I think there's a lot more alcoholics who do fall under that category. And it's, that's where it gets messy because they don't, we don't, you know, see, we don't see it as alcoholism because we're not waking up with the shakes and need to hit the bottle the second we wake up. But the second we do start drinking at night, 
we don't want to stop and it's we want like to keep going and going. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Much all yeah. Oh, I would go to like, if I went to like an event where I had to be like professional or whatever, I, if someone offered me a glass of wine or even two, no, no. Mm-hmm. Like why bother? Yeah. I'm going to want six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. The one or two is yeah. just pointless. <laughs> so um that's that's where we both were and like like he said it was great at first because we were so like yeah let's go let's do everything and we did make a lot of awesome memories because we had that like go go let's drink let's go to this bar let's go to this bar let's go see this show let's go do this that 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 let's go drink on the beach let's go drink over here let's go have a drink over here let's (laughs) go sneak in over here and have a drink here (laughs) and it was awesome but until it wasn't and then it wasn't and it wasn't and it wasn't and and, you know, it and I mean, it's just you, no one needs to be doing that to their body. You know, when you're yeah. young, it's just it's easy to just be in that self-destructive pattern. And um, and it was a struggle for sure. When we f- first quit, it was hard. Um, not like, oh, I'm so scared I'm going to accidentally slip up because since we did have each other, we never really worried too much about slipping up. It was more of just like when you come home from a very stressful day it's really hard to not just automatically think I would feel so much better if I had a drink right now. And it took a while to get out of that, you know, like that being the automatic, like this is what I want when I'm stressed out kind of thing. Um, And same with cigarettes. It's kind of the same thing. You know, it just, it takes you a minute to get out of that and, you know, find other things that you can lean on that are happier and overall going to make you healthier and, I mix that up healthier and overall going to make you happier. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been great since then because now we've gotten so comfortable not drinking that we are kind of getting back to the fun, like, go, go, let's do this and that. And we don't feel like we need to drink. We don't feel like we need to smoke weed necessarily either to do fun things you know there's plenty of times where we will go on vacation and do this and that and we'll have a whole day of adventures hopping around from place to place to place and 100 percent sober so it is really awesome i prefer not to with going out i I like even just at at home yeah with smoking all right got everything i need to get done all right now it's time all right now it's time to play video games and veg out (laughs) then we'll smoke a little weed but well i have some uh, edibles to give you from our last guest if you like oh cool cool well, they're Delta Nine, right? Delta oh, nine. legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. all we smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Delta. But like, how many? So, like, when you guys were drinking, did you ever smoke cigarettes? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. So, like, yeah. I know all my friends that still smoke cigarettes. When they drinking, it's like a pack every hour kind of thing. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, well, that's why with the last year of when I smoked cigarettes, I wasn't smoking as much because that's when I quit drinking. Quit, okay. So, but yeah, when I, I don't. I definitely don't think I would have been able to quit smoking if I was still drinking because they just, the two just, it was yummy. <laughs> you know, yeah. They just went hand in hand, drinking one hand, a cigarette and another, you know, but, um, but yeah, it was, they were definitely great together. And then now not having either, it's also great because I can feel like a good human and I feel like it feels good giving, giving your body good stuff. We so. possibly not have that song if, Y'all would have still been down that path. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's plenty of um, music out there that we have that um, we wrote when we were drinking and that it's fun and partying and whatever. And then we have plenty of music that we have written that's kind of about the 
journey that we've gone through since we quit drinking and the trials and tribulations and whatnot. And, you know, just a lot of, um, both of us have had to really face our, um, mental health situation since we quit drinking. Cause using that as a crutch and using that as self-medication for all of our adulthood, when you, when you, when you come out of it and you realize, Oh, I have all these things I've been kind of pushing down and kind of just drowning away. And now that I'm starting to really think about them and who I need therapy, (laughs) which is great. I mean, like since I, when I started doing therapy, it was awesome. And I'm really glad that I did it, but it is crazy that, you know, something that's so um, heavily normalized can really make you like, just be blind to things that you really need to take care of. And of course, most people are not like us. And I think drinking is awesome if you can do it within reason and even not within reason every once in a while. But, um, but you know, there's plenty of people who are on the path that we were on. And even if it's hard when you come out of it, when you get to where you realize like you feel yourself and you know yourself on a different level, it's, it's totally worth it. And, Oh yeah. I would say, it, you know, at this point in my life with, you know, not, not drinking and, you know, getting through the bullshit of, of that, this is the most confident I've ever been just as a person and on stage, you know, cause with growing up with playing music, you know, I, I was a teenager at first, so I wasn't drinking, but then, you know, when I started drinking, mm-hmm. getting that extra card and stuff like that, it was just like, oh, I have to have something before I go on stage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we first stopped, our first show was in fucking New Orleans. And I was just having like an anxiety uh-huh. attack the whole time. So I was like, it's been two weeks and we're going to New Orleans. What are we thinking? You know, and, you know, it took a second for me to actually feel comfortable on stage. And then I didn't even realize how bad I had social anxiety until I wasn't drinking, I was just like, I don't know what the fuck to say to anybody, you know? And then, you know, overcoming that and, you know, it's just like now where I'm at with like going ahead and facing that shit head on without, you know, doing that, you know, it's just, yeah, I feel confident as a person. I feel confident on stage and I would never have guessed that, you know, before I'd be Mm -hmm. like, Oh no, I need, I need some vodka if I'm going to write tonight, you know, Oh, we need to do a shot before we go on stage, you know, like, I don't have to worry about it, but it's definitely tough at first because most of the dive bars and places that you play, like that's how, you know, the bar wants to pay you besides you, you taking doors. Just like, yeah, you get five free band beers tonight. You want them now? And it's like, no, no, no thank God. I'll, I'll, I'll take the diet Coke. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. it's a weird thing. It's like, oh, you're, you know, rock and roll, punk rock, you know, all that. It's just like, yeah, you know, that that's right there. Like, you know, so it's just like, are we even real anymore? <laughs> you know, like, should we even do this? You know, and if it's like, yeah, you know, fuck it. You know, minor threat with straight edge and, you know, whatever, which we're not. But, you know, if you are, that's cool. But, yeah, you know, you do what's best for you. Yeah. That's what I say for everyone. That's an awesome message for a lot of people that might be struggling. Like it, you can get away from that and still do something in a field where other people are doing that. Right. Cause like some people are intimidated. Like, like you said, like, Oh, is that's my identity? Yeah. It doesn't have to be your identity. You can have no. a new identity and still do what other people are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, even like you said, like, I guess traditionally you're saying punk is non-female driven mm-hmm. and then here you guys are. Yeah. So and yeah and also i think the other big thing is that you know we at least got in our heads of like oh what are people gonna think like are people even gonna find me fun are they even gonna want to talk to me if i'm not drinking with them and yeah like literally no one cares no yeah. one gives a shit that we're not drinking like no one cares no one's gonna judge you for it and if they do go 
they can go fuck themselves. Like, it's like hey, you want to? Sorry, go ahead. No, that, that was <laughs> it. It's, it's like, like it's like hey, you want a beer? No, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, but, That's how it always goes, and it's yeah. totally chill, and it's like nothing to get yourself psyched up about. But of course, it's super easy to get yourself psyched well, up about it. So where is the show that's going to on the 18th, October, I mean, August 18th? Th- that's at uh, the Lamplighter Lounge with our friend Some Kind of Nightmare that we mentioned earlier. And who else is on that? Um, stay Fashionable? Yeah, Stay Fashionable from Memphis. They're really wonderful. And uh, they've got some ladies in the band. So it'll be all ladies. Uh, not all ladies, but each band has ladies in them, which I'm very excited about. And um, as I mentioned earlier, some kind of nightmare is one of my faves. So it'll be really cool to play with them again. And uh, Lamplighter's been awesome to us lately. We've been having a lot of really fun times at the shows there, and they have the big room open up now. Yeah, and that was a very smart decision with them doing that. Yeah, they don't uh, they don't have smoking in the main room anymore now, so it's a little less cloudy so it's a little it's a little better on the voice um and uh they got coffee and like a bunch of different cool coffee drinks and stuff and food and everything so i really love the direction that they've been going in since since the pandemic like I, they really have just total glow up for them so go lamplighter <laughs> i don't even know where that is do you know what it's on madison over by yeah. Uh, yeah it's like right next to zinni's yeah What's dave i mean uh Rob Coletta's place or his brother's place? Uh, Canvas. Yeah. Canvas. Yeah. It's across the street from Canvas. Yeah. Yeah. Canvas is cool too. That's where we had the Tanya's birthday party was at Canvas. It was really fun. Yeah. That was, that was our first time playing there. I I played there with another band before, but as Lipstick Sings, that was our first time playing there and we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Really fun fun. time. Our favorite, one of our favorite places to play, of course, was P&H Cafe and they've, since closed and it's very sad yeah, it that's, that's where we had our first show it was a uh, heels and an older band hardaway and you know we had a great time and obviously super happy that you know heels wanted to do it you know especially since it was our first show but you know i guess since they saw that we were you know supporting them they were like yeah we'll do that for you guys <laughs> <laughs> that area looks so different with that apartment right there i know, know. I, know. I, know. I don't like i didn't it. realize it until <laughs> i was driving down madison last time we were coming from back from downtown and I was like, holy shit, this thing is humongous. I yeah. Know. Like, where am I? And it's yeah. just so sad because PH was just, I don't know, I mean, it was just it was such like a beautiful a safe place. For, like, so many people. Yeah. I mean, it was where Ryan and I pretty much had like our first quote unquote date. And I don't know. It was just, it, I did a lot of singer songwriter stuff there. I did uh, Tiffany Harmon's open mic nights almost every week for a while. And I would go to the comedy open mic nights and watch. I would not perform because I'm not good at stand up comedy. I tried that one time and I failed. And it was. I hate that I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you would have been laughing, but not because the jokes were funny. Um, <laughs> that's every day. <laughs> that's very true. Honestly, that's just who I am as a walking human being. Yeah. Um, I am not funny with my jokes, yeah. but I am funny as a, as a person. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. Phoenage was beautiful, wonderful place. And I mean, even when we quit drinking, it was an awesome place to just go hang out and have a burger and go see shows and play music. And we're sad and we miss it, but yeah, Lamplighter's doing awesome. High Tone will be playing there July 1st, as we mentioned. We'll be playing the small room. And if you haven't been to the, as I call it, High Tone 3, 
uh, the new newest of the new new. Um, the upstairs big room is really cool, and then the downstairs small room is really similar to how the old downstairs small room um, was in High Tone Two. And uh, it's a real, it's just the vibe is like just like what we got before, so we're not missing anything. And if anything, it's just it it's cooler. And they've also you know total total revamp and everyone's just working hard and doing an awesome job and they're getting a lot of really good bands coming through and of course growlers is still slaying and uh we'll be playing uh and b-side is really cool too and um i'm trying to think what else, what other venues got stuff going on when when is the b-side show that's this friday so yeah june 17th and We've never played there before, so we're very excited. And it's with Symptoms, which is our friends from out of, well, sort of out of town. And then... Um, Los Psychosis. Los Psychosis. And, and then... A band from Charlotte or something. Blue Ricky. Yeah, Blue Ricky. Yeah. But um, I'm excited to go there because we've never played there before. And then... I don't know. Where where else is there stuff going on? There's Canvas as well. Yeah, Society, Canvas. Society, Meddlesome. Yeah, we gotta play Metalsome. Metalsome's so cool. Like we used to go up there all the time when he would play shows with his old bands, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it almost feels like an out of town show because you're playing to, totally to all the suburb people. From, from, from yeah, Midtown. but like in a good way, though. in a like, great yeah. way, and it's all ages. You know, because like the first time playing there, I didn't really know what to expect. And it was kind of crowded and, you know, it's like, I don't think anyone's going to like any of us, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then, like just, you know, watching the crowd with the other bands and just by like the end of the night, like everyone just had such a good time. And, you know, see, like I, I remember um, with the first show that we played, the one that we made her go up there and sing the ska band from uh, Oklahoma. I mean, there's, you know, probably like 10, eight year old, you know, brother and sister, or whatever. And that's, that was like their introduction to ska music. And they were just kind of like, what is this? You know, the mozzarella stick thing was just going <laughs> off. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely cool vibes there for sure. So when's your next album? Uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll have something out in the beginning or spring of next year. But yeah. you know, we definitely have plenty of material that we're working on. We're just trying to figure out like when we're going to get into the studio. So yeah. yeah, we're hoping to get into the studio before the end of the year. And then like he said, have something out next year, but hopefully we'll be playing plenty more cities this year to promote controlled chaos and, you know, check it out, which again, it's <laughs> everywhere online. We have music videos and lyric videos on YouTube. Just type in lipstick stains, nine Oh one or lipstick stains, Memphis and all of our stuff will pop up on yeah. YouTube. Our Instagram is Instagram. Uh, oh, our Instagram is Instagram. Our Instagram is <laughs> not just Instagram, but Instagram. Yeah. Uh, lipstick stains nine zero one, um, and then our Facebook is just lipstick stains, and then we've got YouTube, like Ryan said, um, and then we also have a website with all of our merch. Um, it is lipstickstains nine zero one dot square dot site, and that has all of our merch, and we will. Uh, deliver it to your doorstep for free if you live in the memphis area um we'll come on out to the to the sip and to the burbs and we'll come deliver your stuff so check it out is there another song you can play for us sure um you pick this time i guess i'll go ahead and play drained because that's um yeah that was the first one that we released as a single and had a lyric video for yeah uh, before we dropped the uh the ep we wrote this song 
Yeah, this is the one that I was talking about that wasn't supposed to be on this recording. We were planning on just going in with five, and we were just randomly working on something, and she was getting a little frustrated not feeling super creative because we were working on like another song. And then she just grabbed a notebook and just wrote these lyrics and showed them to me. And it was just like, let me write some music to this because this sounds cool. And I think we had three weeks or a month before we were going into Young Avenue. So we were just trying to get the other five songs tight. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know if the other members are going to be cool trying to learn, you know, another song super quick. But they absolutely loved it as well. And it came together super quick. So very very proud of it. This is Drained off of Controlled Chaos by Lipstick Stains.
You guys are super talented. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad that we were able to add that one. And that was from the Young Avenue place? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Young Avenue Sound. Where is that at? Um, it's it's uh, by the... Um, so when you were saying Young Avenue, I thought you were talking about the deli. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's, Back to the mozzarella it's not far. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, down the street It's from like there. three blocks from by, there. Uh, oh, okay. East Parkway. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. By the Coliseum. That's what I was like. Yeah, area. closer yeah. towards the Coliseum, yeah. but like kind of in the middle between the Coliseum and Young Ave Deli. Okay, so here's the Memphis judo, I mean the kickboxing thing, right? So it's like right there in front of it? Kind of, kind of. By the comic book store, it's more. It's a little bit further down. Like okay. yeah. Is it by the uh, what is it? The drive-through uh, car wash, kind of that side of closer to there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. But yes, it was a great experience. Well, thanks for letting us play some tunes. Yes, thank you, thank you. Oh no, it's awesome. So we always ask people for both of you. You both got to answer. Uh, what's your advice for people, and what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? You go first. Oh, man. <laughs> I, knew she, I knew she was going to do that to you, too. I, I, was like, I was like, Ryan, you might as well answer first. <laughs> um, let's see. Damn. What was both of them? Uh, what's your advice for people, and advice. what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? Uh, advice, um, I would say, you know, for you know the music world is just stay true to yourself and create the music and the art that you want to, that makes you happy. Don't do shit because you think it's trendy or it's cool. Um, and you know, just practice, practice, practice all the time. Don't ever stop practicing. And then, uh, with the mark on the world, I would say, you know, I, it would be because of her, um, just because of, um, you know, everything that she stands for and that she writes about and, you know, just inspiring other people, you know, and other women to just say, fuck it. And, you know, be who they want to be. And, you know, if they want to get up there and, you know, play heavy music and, you know, sing about, um, you know, the stuff that matters to them, you know, I hope that, you know, she does inspire other women, you know, that ever see us or hear us to do the same thing. Well, what about you though? It's not just about me. I know. But I'm just saying, you know, mark on the world. Yeah. I'd well, say that's more important than my guitar playing. Yeah. Well, either way, hopefully people will be inspired by Ryan's juicy riffs. Thanks. Because <laughs> <laughs> he won't say it himself, so I'll say it for right. him. Well, if you want to talk about that, I didn't start playing guitar until I was 25. And I learned basically just from, like, YouTube. So. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. So he his his mark on the world is showing people that you can... Do whatever you want that you set your mind to. Yeah. All right. So, I yeah, I guess we're speaking for ourselves with these answers. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, my advice, you know, of course, everything Brian said, 100%, but also, um, just doing what you want to do. Like, don't ever let any, don't let the parameters, um, get in your way. Of course, there's always going to be, obstacles but do whatever you have to do to try to face them and at least work around them you might not be able to do it 100 percent, but doing it you know getting 60 percent of where you're trying to be is better than zero so just just putting one foot forward always put one foot forward and always keep doing it and even if it's not just um reaching your goals just just little things you know if you're not feeling up to, oh, do I want to go to the show or do I not? Oh, I'm worried about this and that. 
go to the show, do it, have fun, have a good time. Don't let your inner fears um, stop you from having fun and enjoying life. Live life to the fullest. Um, We only have a little time on this planet. So use it wisely and try not to let other things get in your way. And, you know, of course, what, like what Ryan said, I, I mean, I hope that I, you know, inspire people to want to do this. I hope that, you know, the further we come along, the easier it'll be to play with other women. You know, we, we, I go out of my way to try to find women in other cities to play with and there aren't enough. And it's, it's a shame. And I don't, I don't know what the barrier is and what the disconnect is. And it, and I, I do re- truly hope that I get more people feeling inspired, not just women, any, any person who feels like they're, you know, an outcast to a group or, um, all folks, you know, all walks of life, all colors, shapes, sizes, genders, ethnicities, who they love, who they like, who, you know, whatever, like, don't let the stereotype stop you um, from doing what you love. And I hope that, you know, I, I spent a lot of time performing in a lot of different facets. I, you know, did theater, I did belly dancing, I did poise spinning, I did uh, singer songwriter stuff. And this is where I finally realized, I think I, I think I was meant to perform. And so I do think that's, you know, where I needed to be, but this is where I need to perform and actually make a difference. And it's really awesome to finally find that. And that's, that's, this is the sweet spot. So I hope that because I finally found where I feel like I need to be, that I am going to be able to make a mark on the world with what I have to say and who I can hopefully inspire in the future. So as Shia LaBeouf says, just do it. <laughs> that was a perfect yeah. way to end <laughs> Yeah. I think it's great that you guys are putting your art out there for people to hear and inspire people because music and creativity is one of the best things that we have because there's so many people that are in dark spots sometimes or just need something uplifting to oh, get yeah. their mind off things. And music is one of the best things you can have for that. Well, yeah, that's, that's the beauty of, of shows, you know, it's just everyone forgets their bullshit, you know, and it's just like a conglomerate of different people not worrying about this or that. And you're all just in that moment for that song, for that show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing. There's not much else in the world that can do that. Yeah. You know? And the thing about like music too, is like, it may just sound good, but then if you're good lyrics too, like what you guys have, it's also setting a message for people. And that's important too. Cause a lot of music nowadays is just, it's kind of garbage. Like (laughs) it's just like, it's nothing like, you know, it doesn't mean it. it's just a lot of just mumbling or, you know, I don't know what to say. It's just to me, it's just not the same as what it used to be. You know, obviously there's times are different, but I love hearing like what your lyrics were like really struck me when I was like listening to that shit. So thank you. I think that's good. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for asking such meaningful and thoughtful questions and yes, thank you. taking thank your time to uh, hear what we have to say about our little band. Yeah, we don't, I, we like listening to people's stories and stuff, you know, like that's why he wanted to do this. Right. And he, you know, like you said, you kind of fell into it earlier or one of y'all said you fell into something. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I fell into this, you know, like yeah. I just got lucky with it being here. Yeah. Well, you guys have been wonderful and, you know. 
So. Oh, and thank you for Tanya and Mary for tagging us in the yes. post. Oh, yeah. Yes. 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 And I can't wait to hear more of your episodes. You guys are wonderful interviewers, and this is an awesome thing that you guys are doing. Thank thank you. Appreciate that. Rep in the 901. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We love you lots. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.